because that's where everything else will flow out of. And so, Father, help us to be like Peter when he just says, God, to where else shall we go? That you alone have the words of life. And so here this morning, I pray that you will make that be our song to you. That we just want to sit here at your feet. Nothing else will do. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Kids, y'all are sent. Have a great time. Do you want me to start? Hi, my name is Sydney Gorley. I'll be reading the scripture from Matthew 4:17 and Mark 1:15. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew 4:17 The time has come he said the kingdom of God has come near repent and believe the good news Mark 1:15 The scriptures are as relevant as they are today than they were then Amen thank you Sydney was awesome Kind of feel like we should have just concluded service right then, huh? Man, that was awesome. We're not going to do that, but... Hey, my name is Dallas. If I haven't met you, I'd love the opportunity to meet you after the service. I'm one of the leaders here. Get, uh, Get to know you a little bit better, introduce yourself, all that good stuff. We are starting a new series today called Right Side Up Kingdom. And last week was awesome. Easter was great. We talked about how Sunday is our reality... And Sunday will always be our reality forevermore. And so now the question is, how do we live in this post-resurrection reality? What does it look like for us to embrace living in the kingdom of God that doesn't succumb to any other kingdoms, that this is the kingdom we live in now and forevermore? So what does it look like to live in this kingdom now? Well, we're hoping to uh, address some of those questions over the next four weeks. Now, Dallas Willard has a book called Life Without Lack. Has anybody read this book, Life Without Lack? About three of you. Okay, cool. Well, you're in good company. I haven't read it either. I picked it up one day. I read the first sentence, and it says something like, Under the hand of God, the world is a perfectly safe place to live in. And I read that sentence, and I shut the book And I said, I'm not reading this book. This guy clearly hasn't ever been through anything in his life. He clearly doesn't understand people who have been through things like abuse, things like trauma, things like pain, things like hardships and all these different things. So I shut the book and I didn't revisit it. And I need to do that because I'd love to have heard good things about it. 
But the more I've thought about that, the more I've prayed through it, it really is true. That now that we live in the kingdom of God, and no other kingdoms can overtake this kingdom that we live in, it absolutely is true that we're perfectly safe in this kingdom. And yes, unimaginable pain is going to come, and loss, and hardships, and all those things. It's just that those things no longer have control over us anymore because we live in this new kingdom. Now, it should also be noted that we are not safe in our own kingdoms, right? We all were born into our own little kingdoms, right? There's this kingdom of Dallas. It's kind of a weak kingdom, but that's the kingdom that I was born into, right? And there's an illustration from Daniel chapter 5 that I I think really fits this point well. Um, In Daniel 3 and 4, Nebuchadnezzar is a very arrogant leader, and he's all about this kingdom that he's grown for himself. And he says, I have great dominion over all the earth. And then he starts having these dreams that there's going to be a kingdom that overtakes his kingdom. And so he starts to get really paranoid about that. And that paranoia leads him to go insane. Until one day he humbles himself in front of the kingdom of God and says, God's dominion is greater than my own. Now, his grandson, Belshazzar, didn't quite have the same level of humility. And so he's partying, he's throwing all these parties, eating and drinking and all these things, and he's living here in the now. And then all of a sudden, in Daniel chapter 5, you see the writing on the wall. And they begin, they continue to live in that here and now. Hey, this, uh, this other kingdom is taking over, so we may as well just live it up in the moment. Well, I think this is a great foreshadowing of Jesus bringing the kingdom of God to the earth. A kingdom that will overtake every other kingdom. As other kingdoms are short-lived, the kingdom of God is forever and so I'm going to read what Sidney read for us from Mark 1, 15. It says, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Matthew 4, 17 says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So here's the invitation from Jesus to us. Essentially, jump ship. Jump your sinking ship for the unsinkable ship. And here's the thing, we cannot live in both kingdoms. We might fall into the patterns of the old kingdom at times, but we cannot live or be controlled by both kingdoms. So, our desire is to embrace this new reality, this new kingdom that we live in more and more and more. Now, for the sake of our time, I'm just going to lump all other kingdoms into the category of old kingdom here today, and then the kingdom of God into the new kingdom. And there are essentially two main functions that make a kingdom a kingdom. One is the values that it has, and two is the power by which it implements those values. So I'd love to take some time today and talk through those values, and then in two weeks we'll talk about the power by which those values are implemented. Now, I say two weeks because next week you're in for a real treat. Ira Cunningham is coming back, and you get to hear a real preacher next week. It's going to be awesome, (laughs) all right? Um, All right, so let's talk values. Here are some of the values of the old kingdom. 
The old kingdom seeks out power. Matthew chapter 20, it says that um, old kingdoms, the Gentile kingdom, lords it over people. This is our natural human tendency. Even as a one or two-year-old, you'll see if you've spent time with a one or two-year-old recently, they are seeking after whatever power that they have. And I'm not trying to be funny here, but sometimes that never changes. I mean, sometimes you'll see people at ages where you're saying, really, that's still popping up, right? It takes intentionality for us to reject our old kingdom and embrace the new kingdom so that we don't seek after power. And seeking power is essentially operating in our own will, our own effective will that we can't see beyond what our own desires are. And so you'll see people, when they are power hungry, they'll rage. They'll get angry when they don't get the thing that they feel like they should get. This is embracing the patterns of the old kingdom. The next one is seeking comfort. The old kingdom seeks after comfort. We naturally want the pleasures of life for ourselves, and we don't want things to be tough. Uh, Philippians 3.19 says, Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. We will often very naturally seek after comfort, and with that, we don't want to experience pain, even when we know that that pain will produce something better for us long term. We often will just reject it completely, even knowing that. For instance, exercise. I reject exercise all the time, even though I know it's going to be good for me, right? This is how we're wired often. The next value is seeking of the old kingdom is seeking after recognition. So we've got power, we've got comfort, we've got recognition. We often want to operate in the scene. Even as young kids, we don't want to just do the thing. We want mom or dad or someone to see us do the thing, right? Jesus starts off his sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about the Beatitudes, but then he goes into talking about how the Pharisees want to operate in the scene to be recognized. And there's nothing wrong with having recognition. We just don't want to seek after it. We don't want to be motivated by recognition. Living in the new kingdom, we want to focus on uh, becoming the kind of person who does good. Now that's different, isn't it? Often we're motivated by other people seeing us do good. But why don't we just become the kind of person who does good? That's operating in the new kingdom. The old kingdom has to prove itself. It has to justify itself. It has to make you think that it is good. But the new kingdom just desires after the goodness of God. The next one is seeking contentment through wealth. Now, there's nothing wrong with seeking after wealth, but the problem is when you find your contentment in it. So Luke chapter 16, which we were in Wednesday, which, by the way, we talked about money on Wednesday and those of you who were there then, you came back. Thank you for doing that. I wasn't sure after talking about money. But no, they, it made them feel like, the Pharisees in Luke 16, it made them feel like they were justified when other people saw their great wealth. They separated themselves out from other people based on their wealth. Their identity came from their wealth, their contentment, their joy. Everything centered around their own wealth. And by the way, you can be controlled by wealth and not have any of it. Right? You can be controlled by it. You, if you're withholding contentment 
until you have wealth or you're avoiding it like the plague because you think it's going to do something to you, then you're also being controlled by wealth. Wealth has no control over us in the new kingdom of God. The old kingdom also has an emphasis on seeking after position. So Acts chapter 1, the disciples ask essentially, now Jesus, um, are we claiming the top spot now? Like, that's cool that you resurrected, that you gave us all these teachings about not lording it over people, been serving and stuff like that, but now you're going to give us a position, right? And that's our mentality often in the old kingdom. We want a position, especially for us as men. We are validated by a position. We want to know where we stand in the hierarchy, right, all the time. And it's our natural inclination, even as a young kid, a one- or two-year-old kid. They want to know, what's my position in the family? What can I get by with, right? This is operating in the old kingdom. And above all, there's one thing that the old kingdom despises. It hates. It despises weakness. The old kingdom despises Weakness. There's no room for weakness in the old kingdoms. And there's one thing that the old kingdom loves, and that is the here and now. Get what is here, get what is seen. Now notice this theme. Positions are seen. Wealth is seen. Recognition is certainly seen. We want comfort through literal means that can be seen and obtained. Power is to be seen so that everyone can submit to our own power and authority. So the old kingdom embraces the things that are seen and literal and known around them. But the, old, but the new kingdom is different. Romans 14, 17, Paul says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now catch those two main distinctions there, Right? There's the seen, which is the eating and drinking, the literal, the tangible, and then the unseen, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This undoubtedly is a reference back to Daniel chapter 5, where they're eating and drinking and living in the now. And you know, I got to be honest, often the old kingdom motivates me. Do I want you all to think that I've given a good message, or do I want the message to actually just take root in your lives so that transformation can happen? Do I pray so that others can see that I'm praying, and when I pray, do I want other people to hear, or am I concerned with God hearing my prayers? Even when I do things that are good, do I want people to see that I'm doing good, or do I just want to do good? Those are questions that we've got to evaluate. Are we being motivated by the old kingdom, the seen, the literal, other people thinking we're a certain way, or are we motivated by the kingdom of God and just wanting to embrace his righteousness in our lives? We've got to evaluate these questions. Now, what does the kingdom of God value? Well, first, it values weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Y'all, the weaker that you know that you are, the more ready you are to receive God's power in your life. So important. Again, it's a similar theme to repent for the kingdom of God is near. 
Just as you can't live in both kingdoms, you also can't rely on your own strength and God's strength. So we must come before him in weakness to see his strength manifest in our lives. Y'all, I've told you guys this before, but in 2016 when panic disorder kind of overtook me, man, I look back at that and now I'm glad because I did not want to talk to anybody about that. I mean, pride had really ruined my life. It was uh, wanting people to see me a certain way. So I was ready to take that to my grave, literally. I was ready to take that to my grave, that problem I was having. But through it, God made his power known in my life. And now I'll tell however many people there are here, I'll tell you, look, I wrecked myself. I did not get it on my own. It was God's power. It was God's strength in my life. And I have no problem telling you all that today because I've seen his power. I've seen my power and I've seen his power. And I say, yeah, I want his over my own. God tells us that when we are weak, then we are strong. Why? Because now we're opening ourselves up to his power in our lives. The new, value, the new kingdom also values sacrifice. Now, what the old kingdom doesn't realize is that we are always sacrificing something for something else. Right? I mean, you were here this morning because you decided it was more important for you to be here than not be here. So you sacrificed the things that you otherwise would have been doing instead of coming here. Or maybe it was your spouse that it was important to. Or maybe it was your parents or whoever, right? But you decided it was more important to be here than not be here. So you sacrificed other things. And so we've got to decide what are we going to sacrifice. And those sacrifices come by thinking about the new kingdom and the old kingdom and these values. So we value our family. Why? Because we want to see them grow in the unseen. We want to see them acquire righteousness and peace and joy and live in the fruit of the Spirit. So we sacrifice seen things in order to embrace the unseen. We spend our resources to broaden our horizon beyond ourselves and embrace the things of the kingdom of God. And the new kingdom also values submission. It is far better to be a subordinate in God's kingdom than ruler of our own. Submission is kind of a dirty word to the culture today, isn't it? Like, don't submit, just get what you desire. Go and get yours, right? Man, I long to see a day where we just submit to the authorities in our lives. I mean, even, now this is really crazy, even when we don't fully agree with the authorities in our lives. And I know there's going to be a time where someone's authority conflicts with the authority of God, and we've got to go with the authority of God. But I think that happens far too often in our culture today, that we reject authority and don't submit. Paul says in Romans 13 that those who resist authority oppose the ordinances of God. And even Jesus, fully God, submitted to the Father. He said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. I think a good question for us to ask in the morning is, God, how can I further submit myself to you today? The new kingdom also values self-denial. Jesus says, he even says, if you want to follow him, if you want to be raised into new life, then you have to enter uh, into this new kingdom through self-denial. 
The old kingdom wants to indulge self, but the new kingdom wants to reject self because it is a part of something so much bigger than the self. We reject defensiveness. We reject pride. We reject all these other things needing credit. We simply deny ourselves, our impulsive, natural inclinations in favor of the new life we now have with Christ. Uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 17, I think is a great resource for this idea. We don't have to have our old passions and desires. We don't have to strike back at somebody when they do something ugly to us because we have denied the self and we live an entirely new kingdom, the kingdom of God. Now, the question is, what kingdom will we embrace? See, the problem always is when kingdoms clash, right? And undoubtedly, these kingdoms will clash on the day-to-day in our lives. For example, what do you do when you know that you will lose your job if you tell the truth? Now, the old kingdom would say, I've got to lie. That's what I have to do because I have to maintain that power and that position and have success. I have to lie. But the new kingdom would also say that they have to do something, that they have to tell the truth because they know that God is always going to take care of them and they're not threatened by losing their job because they know that they're operating under the hand of God and that everything else is going to be okay. That's operating in the new kingdom. Another example, what do I do when someone blatantly offends me? The old kingdom has to preserve its reputation and get defensive. That's how it operates. It has to preserve the self. The self must thrive. But the new kingdom has gotten rid of the self so long ago and doesn't have to dwell on what's been said about them. Because it's living in an entirely new kingdom that has denied self for something so much bigger. And y'all, we should believe that we will be taken care of because we are perfectly safe. If we lose that job or we lose that relationship, we're perfectly safe in our new kingdom, the kingdom of God, for all time, for all time. Remember now, nothing will threaten our safety in this new kingdom. Nothing will threaten our safety in this new kingdom. Old kingdoms succumb to other kingdoms, but the kingdom of God succumbs to no one and nothing. And that's the kingdom that we live in here today. So, as we leave here, what do we need to give up this morning? Or what do we need to embrace so that we can live in this new reality in the kingdom of God? Are there things that we're still holding on to in these old kingdoms that we need this morning to repent of? Jesus says, repent. That's the first thing he says, repent. Why? Reject your old kingdom. Reject that whole way of life and embrace this new way of life. So this morning... Maybe you have entered into the new kingdom, but you continue to embrace the patterns of the old kingdom. Man, this is a great time to just say, God, I give those things to you. I want to embrace your kingdom. I know that your kingdom is a place that I'm perfectly safe in. And right now, I know that I desperately need you. You know, I I just don't want us to be a people who wait on heaven one day. That we just sit here and wait. We can live in the reality of post-resurrection right now. That his kingdom is here on earth just as it is in heaven. And we get excited about heaven, man. Because heaven's going to be awesome. So we get excited about that. 
but we also embrace post-resurrection, this new kingdom, and we desire transformation, we desire sanctification, we desire to step into the patterns of the new kingdom here today as well. Y'all, I believe that we can step into things here on earth with the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we don't have to settle for the patterns of the old kingdom anymore. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Man, it's been such a powerful morning. It's been so good to see this life change happen. And Father, I pray that you'll continue like Matt read in Matthew 28, um, that you said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. And so therefore, go and make disciples. And so I pray that these students will um, go themselves and make disciples of all nations as well. And Father, I pray for us that now that we have entered into new life, And now that you've come and you've brought your kingdom and everything seemed upside down before, and now you came in part to to bring those things right side up, I pray that you'll also do that in our own hearts here this morning. I mean, if there are things in our lives that we're embracing the, the old patterns, the old kingdom, I pray that you'll help us to step more fully into the new kingdom here this morning. Because, Father, it's a great place to live. And everything's going to be okay for all time if we live in your kingdom. And there will be trials and there will be pain and there will be so many different things. This isn't a prosperity thing. It is the fact of the reality that you have overcome it all. And if we die with you, we'll be raised into new life with you and nothing can change that reality. And so help us to embrace, help us to be a people who embrace that reality more fully here today. And Father, we're so thankful for what you've done. We're so thankful for who you are as well. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to worship.